listening to RPC Ramblings, a podcast by Rich Hill Presbyterian Church. Hope you enjoy the chat. Hi everyone, um, welcome to RPC Podcast, uh, the new RPC podcast that uh, we're putting together during this time of, of COVID-19. Uh, we're going to call it RPC Ramblings. And over the course of the next few weeks, Alex Richardson, uh, Leslie Ann, and myself are going to be coming together to discuss a whole range of topics uh, that we think will be helpful in this time when we're not meeting as a church family. Um, do you guys want to say hello, Alex, Leslie Ann? Hi, John. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Hi, yeah. Well, in the next few weeks, um, we're going to be thinking about uh, how we are to respond to the COVID-19 pandemic. And today, we're going to begin by asking the question, what is God doing? Now, this is an important question, and it's one that perhaps you have asked yourself or have been asked by a workmate or a family member. Um, but today, uh, the three of us are going to begin uh, to think about how we might uh, begin to answer this question. Now, I'm going to kick off by asking Alex. Now, Alex, Ordinarily, we would be having this conversation aground, um, but we have to make do with video chat. But how about you, do you want to jump in and uh, and tell us, how might you begin to answer this question? What is God doing? Yeah, um, I, think it's a, I think it's a hard question. Um, so I appreciate you asking me first, John. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's a hard question for a number of reasons. I think, you know, people are directly affected by this, maybe aren't asking for an answer. Um, at this time i think other people aren't directly affected and are asking this question uh, and i think that's where we're rachel and i are at at the minute and i think for rachel and i you know we have been just seeing what what, what the bible has to say um, about who, who who god is um and i think there's a number of things that we've been trying to remind ourselves uh, i think the first thing that we've been trying to remind ourselves is that god is in control um do you know, we were chatting and just saying just how we've been studying Matthew in church and we see that Jesus, he's, he's, he's Lord over sin, sickness, death, disease, all these things. And so I think uh, we want to acknowledge that the Lord, you know, he's ultimately in control of these things. Um, you know, he he knows what coronavirus is. He knows what it is in its entirety. He uh, he uh, He's not backed in their corner um, in regards to coronavirus. Do you know, he's... Uh, He's working all things out um, in, in his control. Uh, and I think um, that's been a big truth that we've been trying to remind ourselves. Um, I, th I think as well as that, you know, we've been reminding ourselves that, that ultimately he's working um, all things for his glory. Um, you know, he's good. Uh, and I think because he's, he's good, that ultimately means that he is going to uh, glorify what is holy what is most loving what is um uh, yeah most awesome in, in the universe and that is himself and so in the midst of all of this um god is always trying to glorify himself he's trying to um always trying to put him uh, first and show us that he is worth our attention and our affection um and then i think that there's the reality is that he loves us and he is working all things um for our good um and i think that's just been a real comfort and truth as well um so yeah he's in control he's good working all things for his glory and he loves us are probably three big pillars i would say that rachel and i have been trying to just build our lives 
upon at this time. So yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's interesting. So that is that's exactly right. And yet, I think we tr- we struggle to trust God's character. Um, I think that's been a little obvious recently. We've seen some of the verses people are sharing or passing around, um, and they're quick to reference things that God has done in the past, and then we assume that we're in the same position. For example, I'm sure you guys have seen it as well. Um, I've seen lots of people turning to two chronicles recently and quoting and sharing that as though that were prophecy and therefore it's directly relevant to our situation now. Um, but we have to remember that the Bible is made up of different genres and Two Chronicles is actually a history book. So it's not an account of us, it's an account of the history of the kingdom of Judah post-exile. Now, you guys know, and I am the first to admit that I am definitely not an expert in Two Chronicles, but we do know that we're given the history of the Israelites to learn about the person and character of God not necessarily the Israelites themselves or the situation that they were in. Um, And as we read the Bible, including the history, we should be amazed again at God's faithfulness and mercy. And even those three pillars that you were talking about, Alex, that 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 is what we should see and um, be in awe of instead of trying to draw lines between what has happened in the past and what is happening now. Um, And there's an irony in how we misuse scripture. Uh, When we quote specific verses, like again, we've seen Isaiah 26, 20, doing the rounds. It's like we're saying, okay, now I get it. Now that I've read this particular verse, I see what God is doing because before this, I wasn't really sure. But that's missing the point. I'm sure some of the women have heard me say this illustration before, but we shouldn't approach the Bible as though it is one genre because we know that it's not. We wouldn't lift a recipe book and expect to read it like a novel to be moved by the story or to relate to the characters. And so with God's word, we shouldn't do that either. We should let it say what it says um, and to fulfill the purpose for which it was written. But by taking verses out of context, we're showing that we struggle to trust the character of God and that we instead prefer to trust his actions and cling to those. Um, But as like Alex, what you've already said and what we know and we want to remind people of is that God is unchanging. And so when we know that his character is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow, we can trust him um, rather than what he has done in the past necessarily. Uh, But I think what you're saying, Alex, is important because we can become our own prophets and we start reading the signs of of the times and pronouncing a verdict, which is somewhat from the Bible, but not exact. Um, The Bible helps us understand the world in general, but not necessarily specific situations. And we saw that in Revelation and and we know that there's a danger of saying God is doing this because, um, but I think that's what we're hearing a lot of. We're hearing that quite loudly as well. Um, So we just need to be careful about what we're hearing and what we're passing on with that regard as well. Um, So scripture also helps us because it doesn't definitively say why this is happening. Um, And this means that we really should avoid speculating. It hints at what might be happening. We know that Job, that God commands the devil to intervene in Job's life. But is that happening here? Well, we can't say that. Um, We know that God judges the wicked, but I don't think we can say with certainty that's what's happening now either. Um, We know that the consequence of living in a sinful world is that terrible things will happen. But again, we can't say with any exact certainty that that's exactly what's happening. There may be truth in some of that, or um, maybe all of it, but we do need to avoid speculation and to say what we know and as Alex, you've already said, that, that God is in charge and that his purposes are good. And that, that, that's what's 
what's so hard about what we're talking about here, Leslie Ann, because we obviously want people to look at the Bible. You know, we want people to go to scripture in times of crisis and times of need. Um, but then, but at the same time, it's really hard to know how to, to navigate scripture. And like I said, we, you know, we'd be the first to admit that I say there's large parts of scripture that are really hard to understand and really hard to, to navigate. And particularly when we're dealing with something like this, COVID-19, and we're dealing with, you know, what God is doing, it, it definitely maybe doesn't necessarily sit with what we already know about God. And we do find ourselves searching scripture for some sort of answer. I mean, do you want to encourage people? You know, we, we would want to encourage people to do that, um, Christian or non-Christian, and um, because that's where we believe God reveals His purposes and His plans. But it's interesting, you know. It is interesting what you said there. But people looking back, um, you're looking back at history and and trying to figure out God and trying to figure out what He's about and about what His plan is, and maybe looking at things He's done in the past and think, oh, it would be reasonable for Him to do this again. Um, and again, you know, we we do that, uh, and, and I think that's okay to do. Um, but like you say, it's really helpful. We can't say anything. We can't draw any sort of certain conclusions from that. You're right. I think it boils down to God glorifying Himself and um, and His love for us. Um, and I think what you were saying there, Leslie, about people looking back, makes me think that well, God ultimately wants us to look forward. You know, He He is working all things out um, in this world. Uh, it's according to his plan, and his, his plan is to bring uh, people onto himself. Uh, well, everybody, everybody has to stand before him at, at the end uh, and face his, his judgment. And at that day, some people will um, be presented with their sins and um, will face eternal condemnation, and other people um, will be robed in righteousness and will pass into to the new heavens and new earth where they'll dwell with him forever. And I think. It's really hard, obviously, at this time to be thinking ahead and to lift our heads up out of the crisis. And for some of us, that'll be particularly hard. Some of us will be in the midst of, of great turmoil, of, of anxiety and of stress. Um, but whenever we're thinking about this question, whatever we're thinking about what, what God is doing, it, it is it's hard. You know, we, we don't want to get lost in the detail of what's happening, but try and look look up, look up the God and see what he's doing and I think he he wants us to look forward um to look forward to that day where he's preparing us uh, to meet him um where he might be glorified yeah what do you guys what do you guys think yeah like I think that's that's totally um where we want to be directing people uh, it is maybe tempting to look back because we can say that this has happened and, and the future is, is unknown that's uncertain and yet God has told us who he is and that he is unchanging and that is where we should rest um, and I think John what you're saying is is totally right and it has implications for everyone so it's maybe easy for us as Christians to think that this is applying to us right now and that we have a hope of looking forward and we ironically and quickly forget about our non-Christian friends and families around us um, and yet there are huge implications for them because surely this is 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 us being reminded that we, there's a preparation for the coming judgment and, and this is just another reminder of that um, so for the, for the non-Christian, for the unbeliever it is a warning of the consequence of sin and, and a foretaste of the confusion and fear that's to come and surely that's a call to humble themselves before God um, the, I know lots of people are having really great opportunities with friends and family and colleagues and, and it's, it's really great. People are, are wanting to know. People are wanting answers. People are wanting asking the question we're asking now. What, like what, what's happening? Um, 
and I just think it would be such a shame if we end up shying away from that and we talk about how we have a personal hope or a personal comfort and we don't actually make it clear that that they too um, need to respond to this God that uh, that this is possibly or in general there's a judgment for their sin that, that God is a just God that that the penalty um, is deserving of us uh, and of course that there is the hope of the gospel that Jesus Christ took that that um, judgment on himself in our place um, and, and I guess a lot of us and, and even the three of us here like we've grown up in the church like we are even now we're like nodding along we're like yeah yeah we know this um, and I think a lot of people fall on that boat and we just become a little used to or immune to God's grace and mercy but isn't this a great opportunity to be reminded of that um, like it's only by God's mercy that we haven't even all been wiped out yet uh, it's because he wants those that he is called to turn to him in repentance that he's not yet returned and we see that in, in 2 Peter 3. I know people are worried and, and understandably so if you don't have a saviour to trust in. Um, we are vulnerable, like we're very aware of that. I think we're more aware of our vulnerability and our lack of control possibly now than ever. Um, so people do want to put their hope in something. A lot of people are turning to NHS or to their neighbours or even to their family units um, and there's good in that but surely we can um, only have ultimate hope and comfort when we turn to the one who's actually in control and um, we yeah john jump in oh i was going to jump in at the end what you were going to say i wanted to see what you're going to say so yeah go ahead finish okay goes on control yeah like like surely that reminds us that we're not in control and that we actually need someone who is um like we, we've all had times in our life where we're acutely aware that we don't control things but surely this is a global scale of that and people realize that they're vulnerable people realize that their plans aren't always what work out and they need someone who is in control they need a loving father so to the unbeliever i think we'd want to say that we just want to be clear who god is just as we've been saying all the things we've already said that that's there's no more like secret to it that you know, this unchanging god is the same that we can trust him because he's the same and that he is over all things so yeah john what were you going to chip in yeah i just think it's really helpful because i mean it, well going back to some of the verses you quoted you think the um this is the verse in Isaiah which talks about opposing the doers and, mm -hmm. and everything. And you know, you see these on social media and you think, okay, okay, that's comforting for the Christian to know that maybe necessarily what is happening, you know, we might have a grounding for that in scripture. But just what you're saying there in terms of the non-Christian, I mean, where are non-Christians getting their hope from? I mean, they're getting it from all those things you listed, you know, from one another, from from our scientists, from our government, from our NHS. And and it's God's grace, like you say, that I mean, where new things are being invented and, and preparations happening. That that's just God's grace on us. But I, I just think, wouldn't it be what a what a great way to sort of show, you know, what God is doing? Maybe not necessarily the quoting verse that explains it, but a verse that offers hope. And um, do you know? I mean, what does our culture say? Our culture says it thinks it's great, it thinks it's strong, and here we are in this instance when all of a sudden we're just floundering and we just seem so weak and all our systems, all our plans, everything is sort of being stretched. And uh, I think it's a great opportunity for us to say, well, God is sovereign, you know, God is, he has a plan. Um, come, I meet him, rely on him. He's He's the rock, he's our salvation. Um, yeah, we just want to fall back. Like you say, God, he's the only unchanging thing you know he's the one we want to present 
And yeah, I just think it's really helpful. Go ahead, pal. Yeah, and I think you know what you both say. I completely agree with in the sense that like we have an opportunity to look despairing people in the eye and say, we know the hope that there is in Jesus Christ, and we want you um, to know and experience this hope as well. Um, uh, and you know, John, you touched on the idea of um, you know human independence, uh, and I think there's a rea- like the reality is that is yes, true for for non-Christian people who want to be independent. But I also think it's true for us as Christians, you know, and, and I do, I think this, like, I think this time just confronts that delusion of, of human independence. You know, um, you know, I said, we want to be in control. We want to um, do things our way, my plans, my purposes. And, and yet we're all stuck in our home, you know, we're, we're isolated and we cannot do anything about it. Um, you, you know, you've already said, John, we're just, we're so weak. Um, and we're so dependent on on another, and I think that I actually think for Christians that should drive us um, to repentance. You know, to acknowledge uh, our the times when we want to be independent, the times when we want to do what things our way, um, and to to see that this time has exposed that reality in our lives, and um, and to repent and to come before God and just grow in dependency upon Him. Um, do you know, one of the things Rich and I were talking about the other night is that the Lord is not panicked by all of this. Do you know, he is not afraid. He's not worried. Um, this virus does not uh, concern or bother him. Um, do you know, it doesn't belittle his glory in any way. Uh, and so I think there's a there's a real call for us as Christians to, uh, to just run to him, to throw ourselves in dependency upon him, to say, you know, Lord, I, I don't really know what's going on. This is This is kind of hard to make sense of. Um, I know you're in control, you, you're good, you're glorifying yourself. Um, it's hard for me to understand, but I want to trust you because you're not afraid, you're not shaken by this. Um, yeah, completely. And I think in, I think in all of this, you know, um, just with time to, to, to reflect and, and to just to think about what's been going on, you know, I just feel like the Lord has made me more aware probably of my own sin Um do you know, yes, there's this virus. Yes, it's a, a pandemic that may not hit everybody, but there is a reality where sin has affected all of us. Uh, and I think that um, I'd probably just become more aware of my own sinfulness, my own um, brokenness uh, at this time. Um, so sorry, do you want to say something, John? Yeah, just, uh, well, it's interesting. I mean, aware of our sinfulness, but I think Christians, we need to be aware of where we have been putting our trust other than God. You know, I think you're right. God does call us to re- repent. And I think there is a general calling for us to examine our lives. Um, but I think this is a real, what you just said, stuck at home. And, and I think it's an instance to ask yourself, well, what are, what are we worshipping other than God? I think we're really quick as Christians to lay the blame at the non-Christians in the world for this pandemic. I think it's very easy for us to look out um, into the world and say, you know, well, uh, you know, the devil maybe is doing this to our to the Western world or to the world because of something they have done or God is doing it because, you know, they deserve it because of their sinfulness. But I, I think we're really slow at like looking at our own hearts and thinking, well, actually, how have we committed adultery, you know, almost with the world? Um, we've kind of, we're really guilty of this, I think. And I'm talking about myself where we kind of have, you know, we're worshiping both the world and God. Um, and we're really susceptible to that. Um, we're able to 
worship, our independence, our work, um, do you know, our leisure, our money, because uh, we have lots of these things, you know, and God's and Christianity and our, our glorifying him just becomes a part of that. Um, and I think, because I think it'd be really easy to identify this, I mean, we, we ask ourselves, don't we ask ourselves, well, what are the really important things that we want to see continue during this, during this, you know, coronavirus? What's really, really important to us? What can we not do without in this time? Um, and we're asking ourselves, well, what can I, you know, what kind of measures will I go to to ensure that I can continue, I don't know, doing whatever it is we like to do? And I think you're right. The Bible calls us all to repent, but we need to really examine ourselves and see what our, our, idols, our idols are. And we'll maybe come to that over the next few weeks. Um, we'll think to ourselves, you know, ourselves where we're maybe lacking. And, and we've talked about that before, but I think, I think that's how where I begin is each of us needs to ourselves. Yeah, I think um, I think you're spot on, John. Um, I, I think I think one of the ways the Lord's been really good in this time is that He's given us time to sit and to reflect, to to read Scripture, to 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 assess where we've maybe been placing our trust in certain things. And I think that has been one of the real graces of this time, in which the Lord has been been good, um, certainly to me. Um, and just reflecting upon my own life and seeing things that yeah I, I love so much uh, and they're probably contend with god and his glory way more than i than i thought but before this time um and so as much as it's maybe been painful to, to to see and have those idols exposed it's actually been a real grace um to to, to begin to walk through repenting of those things um completely i think one of the things with just everything with everything being stripped away as well um kind of like you know this world i think offers um and the pleasures of this world can offer a lot and can offer um so much at times and yet when they're all stripped away and they really offer nothing and when it comes to it i just think and you've already said this i just think it creates such a longing um for for the life to come do you know i just like rich i was saying this other day like in some ways we just can't wait because for the life to come with with god because it's this world that's not where it's at um do you know it offers so much and yet um it, it fails and and life with with god forever when we'll worship him no more pain sorrow tears do you know it'll, it'll be it'll be just joyous um it's do you, do you know, i think we so easily forget that um in our day-to-day living and i think this time has just really r- reminded um certainly rachel and i of of that reality and where we're going and it's just created or deepened the the longing um in our hearts um i don't know what you guys think yeah it's interesting isn't it to live as christ and today is gain i mean do you know as it's easy to say it um it is hard to believe it um but there's just so many things that we've lost you know in this sort of you know i think about uh all this um kids who are not doing exams who are not doing who miss out maybe the last day of school like really precious times exciting times really important times and it is really challenging for christians to say you know what actually in the grand scheme of things when christ returns or he calls us home you know that that's where it's at that's where our that's where life's really all about um and what does it mean to glorify him you were saying there earlier pal about this the whole point of this is to bring glory to him uh, and it's easy to blame him. It's easy to doubt him, um, and it's much harder to glorify him. And you know what a great way for a Christian to respond um, to say, "Well, actually, 
praise God, um, because it's it's changed my life. You know, it's changed my relationship with Him. It's it's, it's encouraged me to I look at my sins and encouraged me to repent of them and to to more. Um, and uh, it is hard to do that. Whatever I mean, the pandemic is bringing awful things to this world, and we recognize that. Um, but I think we we want that's what we would want each of us to see our Christian brothers and sisters grow in their faith. Certainly that's what Paul wants in, in the letter of Philippians. He's talking about really suffering as the means of bringing us closer to Jesus and, and making us more like Jesus. Um, and it's through suffering that, that we do that. And uh, and certainly many of us will be suffering, um, not just at the minute, but in the months and maybe even years ahead because of this pandemic, economically, academically, all sorts of things. And we'll lose loved ones. And it, it will be, it'll be really hard for us as a Christian, uh, as a Christian family to respond well. Um, but we've got to rely, it boils down to what is God's doing. If we understand what he's doing, if we understand that we're doing it, he's, he's doing it because he loves us and because he wants to glorify himself and he wants to prepare us to dwell with him forever. That eternal perspective is is really, really important. Sorry, Lizanne, I maybe came in in front of you there. Um, you were going to say something. No, no, you're really fine. What, what, what people don't know is um, like on screen, there's an awful lot of nodding going along. Like I, my, my neck's starting to get a bit sore nodding along with you guys. Um, but, but it's funny, so even Alex had said about um, we're so much more aware of our dependency uh, um, on God. And, and even in that, even in what we were just saying about wanting to rely on him, wanting to have a longing for um, to be in his presence, to be in perfection, even in that, we are dependent upon God and even just that process of again confessing actually Lord I've realized that I don't always long for these things that I don't always seek you first that I don't trust you above all else um, and in the confession of that and asking God to help us need him to help us to rely on him to help us trust him and um, like if that is what's coming out of this it would be an amazing process of that sanctification that Alex was talking about um, but again realizing that even in that we are so dependent upon God and um, I'm always just so acutely aware that for any of these ways that we need to grow and learn, we even need God to to cause that in us. Um, so yeah, totally agree with what you guys are saying. Good, good. Well, I, I'm I never actually uh, paid attention to how long we've been chatting for, but <laughs> um, is anyone either of you want to sort of chip in with any sort of closing comments? Um, anything you want to you want to say? What what God is doing? What might you want to say? Well, like just in general, I think um, whenever things are hard and whether it's literally on this global scale or if it's more of a personal scale, I think it's good, as we've said today, just to remind each other and, and ourselves that God is no less good um, and that God is no less glorified, uh, that he is no less in control. And, and I think even Chris and I will just often remind each other of that whenever things are a bit rough, that um, he is no less good now. Uh, and and we can rest in who he is because he's unchanging. Yeah. Yeah, Alex, go ahead. Yeah, I think, um, you know, just as we think about how we might grow dependent on God, I just think this is a great time where the Lord has uh, stripped a lot of things from us, taken things from us, um, so that we might um, foster or deepen um, spiritual habits. Um, and I think it's a great time to do that, you know, to be uh, reading our Bibles, you know, doing is it family devotions with church whatever it is and um, reading christian books and um, get into getting into a good routine of of praying together as a family and um, personal prayer 
um, just to, to, to deepen our dependence on God. Um, I think that's one of the real blessings or graces that the Lord has given us at this time. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, good. Well, thanks very much. Um, I thank you to the listeners as well. We're obviously just having a go here, these three novices. Um, but I really hope, uh, well, hope this sort of episode has been helpful. That it is a difficult difficult question but it is a really important question what is god doing and we, and we really encourage you um if you haven't thought about it before to think about it and um, particularly as you're posting stuff on social media um there will be kind of um, I, you know amount of people particularly in our own context who maybe think that they, they know something of god and, and they're perhaps angry with god and or they have no idea what god is doing they can't comprehend him um well, it's up to us, isn't it? It's up to us to introduce ourselves to God. It's not necessarily up to us to explain exactly what He's doing, or 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 to do what every instance instance means. Um, but certainly, we can say, "Here is Jesus Christ. Um, he is He is the Lord. He's enthroned on high." As Revelation tells us, He's seated on the throne and He's in control. He's concerned with His glory. He's concerned with His people, and He wants us to in our relationship with Him. I'm going to close with. A couple of verses, actually. I was reading this last night in my devotions from Psalm 29. This is a, a Psalm of David, and it's a Psalm which uh, the sort of commentators in the Bible have put above the Psalm to explain what it says. It talks about ascribing to the Lord glory, which is really what what we want, what we've been trying to say in this podcast, and what we want to encourage you all to do. And this is how, the, how David concludes the Psalm. He says, The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. And may the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. And that, that's it, isn't it? As we remember that the Lord is sitting, uh, as he is enthroned over the pandemic, he's enthroned actually forever. Um, and as we remember that, we'll have strength. We'll have strength to endure, we'll have strength to grow, and we will be blessed with peace. That's our prayer for you. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Um, I suppose I'm going to say very finally, if we have a little bit of an idea of where we're going with this over the next few weeks, but if anyone would like to to chip in any ideas um badly receive them um we have we refuse to write to you know completely ignore them uh, or change them but uh yeah of course we'd we gladly accept your input but the guys want to say cheerio and uh and then we'll, we'll sign off yeah thanks guys good chat i'll see you later yeah thank you very much and speak soon cheerio bye